So if you do happen to be joining us today for the first time, one of the questions we've been asking since the start of this year is, who is Jesus? All right. Who is Jesus? Uh, We've been walking through the book of John since January. And so from January all the way until Resurrection Sunday, we're in the book of John, walking through the book of John. Interestingly enough, the text that we're talking about today, which is uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18, if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can. Um, Marlon, your class actually talked about that today. So it'll be interesting to compare what we talk about here and what you guys talked about. So it's always nice to reinforce the truth. uh, as as we open God's word, so um, <clears throat> this morning we're thinking about a shepherd, and we're also thinking about sheep. And so, to prepare my mind, at least, I tried to do a little research this week on sheep um, to a decent degree. And um, I've actually always thought it would be cool if I could go somewhere and actually be around sheep because the Bible talks about it so much firsthand. If I, if, if I could get firsthand knowledge, I've always thought that would be really cool. But I feel like in the last week I was able to do the next best thing. And I've talked with a guy who actually has sheep and has raised sheep. And he talked with me about sheep. I mixed it with some of the research that I've done. And so just want to think about sheep with you for a minute. One of the things, the big things about sheep is that sheep have limited abilities. Sheep have limited abilities. So if you, ima- if you compare sheep to other animals in the animal kingdom, um, you start feeling a little bit sorry for them. They don't have a lot of defensive weapons, and they don't have a lot of offensive weapons. You've probably watched, watched a lot of nature shows. Um, they're not particularly fast, so they can't necessarily chase something down and eat it, and they can't necessarily run away real fast. Um, they don't have claws, um, so they attack or defend themselves. They don't really have sharp teeth. So they can't look particularly menacing. They don't blend into their environment necessarily like uh, chameleons do. They can't fly. They can't swim. They can't, can't climb trees. They don't have any super cool skills like a skunk or a porcupine or a turtle. Turtle, you know, this defensive stuff, offensive stuff. Uh, they can't see very well. Uh, they're, they're nearsighted, which means they can see close, but they can't see very far away. And they're actually classified as an animal of prey, okay? Which means that you're just lunch for everybody else. So, so it's like God's handing out all the gifts to the animals and, and the lion's in front of you. And then, ele- oh, he gets tough skin. The elephant gets tough skin and all this. And you get to the front of the line and God's like, you're God's gift to all the other animals. So great. So because on the plus side, there's very few things on the plus side. They got to decent sense of smell. They kind of have a good sense of balance. Um, Probably the coolest things is that rams have horns so they can butt into each other, but not a lot of abilities. Probably the number one ability sheep have, the major thing they have going for them is they have a heightened ability to bond closely with each other. They have a heightened ability to bond closely with each other. When we think of sheep, we also think of us as a, as a congregation under the great shepherd. Hopefully we have a heightened ability to bond with each other as a body of Christ. They're good at being in community, and that's basically their greatest form of safety is the herd. If you wander away from the herd, um, that's when you're going to be um, most vulnerable. But sheep are hardwired to follow probably because they have limited abilities to either defend themselves or attack. They're hardwired to follow, and they're content to be led. And they're going to be led either by other sheep, they're going to be led by a bad shepherd, they're going to be led by a good shepherd, but they're content to be led. It's similar to how we are as people. 
we believe that we're made to worship. All of us are going to worship something. All of us are going to follow something. We're made to worship. And without a shepherd, the sheep wander. Without a shepherd, we wander. And two things that sheep need, uh, among other things, are they need direction and protection. Those are the two points for today. That's what sheep need. That's what we need. That's what our good shepherd provides. Direction and protection. And so I'd like for you to look for these two themes as I read our passage for us this morning. So if you would stand, uh, the scripture will be on the screen. We'll stand for the reading of God's word. If you have a copy of his scriptures, you can follow along. Um, But we'll read here John 10, verses 1 through 18. This is Jesus talking, and Jesus says, Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When, he's brought, when he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They'll never follow a stranger. Instead, they'll run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus said again, truly, I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I'm the gate. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come so that they might have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he's not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. But I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I've received this command from my Father. Let me pray for us. Lord, please add your blessing to the reading of your word. We thank you that you haven't left us alone. You've given us your word to guide us, uh, so we love having it spoken over us. Um, and we want to always speak it to each other for your glory, we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks. You guys can have a seat. So the two things this morning that our shepherd provides, direction and protection. First, we'll look at direction. Uh, One of the most repeated words that I heard as I was reading through this passage is the word voice. The word voice is used quite a bit. Um, He calls to his sheep and he leads them out. So um, it's appropriate to talk about um, some of the specifics of what shepherd and and sheep actually interacted with in that time. So what you want to be thinking about is like 
a sheep pen. So imagine like a bunch of stones that are in a circle, maybe waist high and some briars on top and with, with an opening. Okay. So a big circle. And so like if you had a flock of sheep and you had a flock of sheep and you had a flock of sheep and I had a flock of sheep, we would graze them all day. And then at the end of the day, we would come back, we'd put them all, put all of our flocks of sheep in the pen together. And then in the morning we would come back and we would call to the sheep. I would call to the sheep that were mine. You would call to the sheep that were yours. And you would call to the sheep that were yours. I would take mine out to graze. You would take yours out to graze. Um, but the point is that the sheep know the voice of their shepherd and they're not going to respond to a voice of the shepherd. That's not their own. A couple of encouraging points here that we can draw out of this and take with our relationship with Christ is that he knows us by name. And I don't know if you find that encouraging in particular. Maybe some of you need to hear that this morning. You are not just congregant number 34 at Woodbine or congregant number 21 at the Nolensville campus. Jesus knows your name. And my friend that was that has that firsthand experience with raising sheep. Um, He said, that's the way it is with sheep. It's like, I know their habits. Um, I know their tendencies. I know, I know them very well individually because I spend so much time with them. And Jesus knows you by name. Another encouraging thing to think about the way Jesus leads us as a shepherd is in verses three and four. It says that the shepherd, once he calls to the sheep that are his own, he goes out ahead of them. So in verses three and four, he goes out ahead of them. So what's he not doing? The shepherd is not driving the sheep from behind. He's going ahead of them and setting an example for them to follow. And I think that's the kind of leader that we all like to follow is one that isn't saying, um, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. We have a high priest that can sympathize with everything we're going through because he's, he was tempted and tried in every way that we're tempted and tried. So he's not asking us to do something that he hasn't already done himself. He goes before us. And it's very cool to think about the intimacy that develops between a shepherd and a sheep. It makes us definitely think of Psalm 23. The Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. I have everything I need. You think of all the things that a shepherd and a sheep experience together, and that all blends together to get you to a place where you do really know his voice. Shepherd walks with the sheep. He guides the sheep. He feeds the sheep. He provides for the sheep. He binds up their wounds. He experiences what they experience with him. If it's cold, he's cold. If it's rainy, he's wet. If it's hot, he's hot. Uh, He protects them. One of the interesting things that my friend told me about being a shepherd is if you're a shepherd, you have to develop good defensive skills, which makes us think of David. David, who said, you know, I've protected the flock from the bear and the lion, which is what gave him the confidence to go up against Goliath. A shepherd has to be good at protecting. The shepherd's there when you go to sleep, and a shepherd's there when you wake up. And I think one thing I like to think of is that the shepherd probably smells like the sheep. So... I don't know if I would say Jesus smells like us. I don't know if I could say that. I don't know if I could take it that far. But there is a closeness that develops. And the word pastor actually means shepherd. So a shepherd is a caretaker of sheep. Hopefully a pastor is a caretaker of people. Jesus is our caretaker. 
When you talk about the voice, you have to talk about what you also see in verse 4. Not only do we hear his voice, but we reject voices that aren't his. Verse 4 says, they will ignore or reject. Specifically, it says they will run away. Do you see that in verses 4 and 5? That you will run away from the voice of strangers. I mean, I wonder if you do that in your walk with Christ. First of all, do you even know what the voice of Jesus sounds like in your heart? Secondarily, if you hear something that's not his voice, do you run away from it? Do you run away from it? I know I've seen this, um, I don't know if this sounds weird, but I have experienced this with like dogs and babies, which is a weird thing to put in the same sentence. Like, um, like you meet somebody and you meet their dog and you're like, how's it going, dog? And you play with it. You're like, sit. And they're just staring at you. And then the master comes over and the master's like, sit. And then it sits. And you're like, well, clearly that's not my dog. That dog's not listening to my voice. Or, you know, you try to go to hold somebody's baby and some of us are better at holding babies than others. I'm decent. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, um, you can tell um, a baby doesn't respond to my voice. Uh, and then when the mom or the dad comes along, it's like, bing, and you can tell. They know the voice of their mom and their dad. They don't really know my voice. One encouraging thing I would say is if maybe the Lord will bring that to mind as you experience stuff like that in the next couple of weeks. Maybe you, maybe you meet like a dog that's not yours and you watch it respond to its master's voice. Or maybe you're going to see sometime in the next couple of weeks a child respond to their parent's voice better than they do to your voice. Hopefully that'll be a reminder that that's the way we should respond to Jesus's voice. We pay no attention to voices that are not his. We run away from them. And I'll ask you again, sounds kind of like a heavy question. Do you know what Jesus's voice sounds like? Do you know what Jesus' voice sounds like? Can you recognize his voice among the other voices in your life? So maybe here's some examples. Something comes up in your spirit and you think, the concerns of my life are too small for Jesus to listen to. The concerns of my life are too small for Jesus to listen to. There's some things that I don't think I want to bring it to him in prayer because it's too small for him. That's not... That's not Jesus' heart. It's not, it's not my shepherd. It's not your shepherd. I must do blank in order to be loved. That's not his voice. That's somebody else's voice. I'll never really be accepted because of all the stuff I've done in the past. That's not his voice. That's not his voice. We need each other's help when it comes to hearing Jesus's voice. If one of the best things you could do for each other is if you hear someone starting to believe a lie, listening to something that's not the voice of Jesus, I would ask you to call that out in the person's life and say, that's not God. That's not the voice of Jesus. What you just said about yourself, that thing that you're speaking over yourself, that thing that you're allowing to live in your heart, that's not his voice. It's not okay to fail. That's not Jesus' voice. Jesus tolerates me to a point, but I believe if I mess up too many times, eventually he'll cut me loose. That's not his voice. He's holding out on me. That's not his voice. He came that we might have life and have it abundantly. His heart is one who will leave 99 safe sheep to go find. 
one lost. That's his heart. When he sees the troubles of your life, he doesn't think, why aren't you stronger? He has compassion. So when we see him feeding the 5,000, he sees a bunch of people that are hungry, and he doesn't say, why don't they do a better job taking care of themselves? It says he has compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He knows that we need guidance. He cares. But the main thing is, if you don't know his word, it's going to be hard for you to distinguish his voice from the other voices in, his li- in your life. If you don't read this and we don't speak it over each other and we don't memorize it, if we're not in his word, you're not going to be able to distinguish his voice from all the other voices in the world and all the other voices in your head. This is what he sounds like. So one verse that's not actually in the 18 verses that I read is verse 27. Verse 27 is a nice encapsulation of this idea that our shepherd directs us. It says, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. That's a good one. Verse 27, good summary. They hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So our shepherd directs us, he guides us, but he also protects us. The second point, our shepherd protects us. One of the two things we see is that he's the gate and that he lays down his life for the sheep. So real briefly about being the gate, if you want to look in verse 9, Jesus says, I'm the gate. So, and, and he says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. So if you remember that sheep pen that I was describing, you know, stone wall, maybe waist high, briars on top with the opening. Um, it's really cool that uh, many times instead of, sometimes there may have been an actual gate, but lots of times the shepherd himself would actually sleep in that opening and he would actually literally be the gate that someone would have to get through in order to either get in the pen, get out of the pen. And I love that imagery of Jesus. Some, of, some English translations of the Bible say that Jesus is the door. I am the door. I am the gate. He decides who can and can't enter. <clears throat> I would say this is a direct allusion to the fact um, that the only way we can be saved is through Jesus. That's the only way we can be saved from our sins, the penalty of our sins. It's the only way we can become a part of his community. There's salvation in no other name. There's no no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. That's Acts 4.12. And we are saved um, from the powers of darkness. And Jesus says, if they're going to get to you, they got to come through me first. If they're going to get to you, they got to come through me first. And they're not getting through me. If, if you're in Christ, nothing can get through that gate. And he'll offer you abundant life. That's what it means when it says you'll go in and you'll go out and you'll find pasture. 
Secondarily, as far as the way he protects us, one of the phrases that's repeated again and again in this latter half is that he lays down his life. 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 There's lots of verses where he says, he lays down his life for his sheep. I mean, who doesn't love a leader like that? He puts our interests above his own. How many leaders do that? How many leaders put themselves in harm's way for you? I think there is a, uh, a daily laying down of his life uh, as Jesus cares for us as our shepherd. But again, as I sat with this passage, I really feel like a lot of this points to our ultimate salvation. The biggest thing Jesus laying down his life points to is that he laid down his life and died on the cross for our sins. By his stripes, we are healed. Philippians 2, he didn't consider quality with God something to be grasped, but he became one of us, he became obedient to the point of death on the cross, which is why he has the name above all names, to which every knee will bow one day. And I find it encouraging that he didn't lay down his life because he had to. He laid down his life because he wanted to. And I think that's important to clue into as far as the heart of our shepherd. It's one thing whenever somebody does something grudgingly, and you're like, you sort of appreciate it when someone does something because they have to. He didn't do it because he had to. He did it because uh, he wanted to. So verse 18 says, I lay down my life on my own. Verse 18, I lay down my life of my own accord. He wants to be a good shepherd. He protects us from eternal separation from God. Heaven is being forever connected to God, and hell is being separated from God. So a couple of questions I might ask you is, are you resting in his protection of you? If you're in Christ, are you resting in that? If you're not in Christ, would you like to? You know, one day when you die, do you really believe that he'll say, she's one of mine, that he'll claim you? He'll say, he's one of mine. I claim him. Have you surrendered your life to his loving care? Have you surrendered your life to his loving care, his direction, and his protection? If our worship team would like to come on up, uh, I'll say a couple more things. In verse 10, where he talks about the fact that he gives us abundant life, he talks about the thief. The thief says it comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I would suggest to you that Jesus comes to do the three opposite things. If he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, our good shepherd comes to give, give life, and build up. He doesn't steal. He doesn't kill. He doesn't destroy. He gives. He gives life. He builds up. And if you wanted a little bit of homework, I will. I don't know how many of you will do this, but if you do, you will be blessed. Ezekiel. If you can find Ezekiel, and if you can find the 34th chapter of Ezekiel, it's fantastic. God talks about all these shepherds, that have these leaders that have been over the nation of Israel, and how disappointed he is with them that they haven't led his people well. And he says, you know what? I'm going to shepherd my people directly. I've had it with these folks. I've had it with you guys. You're 
supposed to be blessing my people, but you sort of kind of use your privilege over them, and I'm going to shepherd them. I'm going to bind up their wounds. And one of these days, I'm going to send my servant David to be their permanent shepherd. Man, if you read Ezekiel 34, you'll be blessed, and you'll see that God wants to shepherd you directly. And so I want to close with a word of prayer, and there'll be one slide on the screen. Uh, One of the cool things about studying the Scripture is that we learn new names for God, and we need to pray um, His words back to Him, what we read here. So there's a couple of passages where it talks about the fact that Jesus is our shepherd. That first one in Genesis, Jacob, when he's blessing one of his kids, he says, God has been my shepherd all my life to this day. Yahweh is my shepherd. We are the people of your pasture. And if you want a name for God to call him in prayer, Lord, you're the shepherd of the sheep. You're the great shepherd of the sheep. If if you would like to talk to somebody, I am going to pray, but if you would like to talk to somebody towards the end of our service, I mean, this is a super exciting day, and we're going to go through the children's area, and we fantastic, totally looking forward to it. But if you would like to talk to somebody, if you're in Christ, to clarify any of this, or if you're not in Christ, and you're like, I want to come under the protection of this good shepherd, there'll be a couple of us down here at our next steps area. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, you are our good shepherd. And we want to call you that. We want to call ourselves the people of your pasture. We want to be found as people that run away from voices that aren't yours. We want to come to understand your voice better. We want you to remove thoughts about you that are wrong and replace them with thoughts about you that are right. We want to live in community with each other. In this passage, you told us that the degree of intimacy that you, Jesus, have with the Father and the Father has with you, that you know us just as well as you and the Father know each other. And so we welcome that intimacy and pray that you would help us to understand more of what it means that you're our good shepherd and to walk with you daily, gratefully. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.